it's a joy to be here with you. And uh, listen, coming from a, a pastor's heart, uh, you don't just trust your pulpit and your church with anybody. So it's a sacred thing for me to share with you. Uh, we just enjoyed being with your pastors. I know you already know this, but you have excellent pastors. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I know a lot of pastors, right? And there's some good ones out there. And I, and, uh, I mean, it's something that, that we kind of traffic in and out of. And when we go to churches, uh, let me just say, as you know, because you've probably, some of you have either come from other churches or you visit other churches, you have something here that sadly isn't common in the, in the earth. The message that you're hearing, the teaching that Clint's bringing forth, and not only the teaching and the message. You know, there's a lot of people now, because some things got trendy, that are teaching the message. Clint was teaching the truth because it was the truth, not because it was trendy, right? And even uh, there's, a, there's a lot, you know, to pastors, teachers out there that are teaching, but also you guys have leaders, not just teachers, Leaders that know how to lead in a healthy way, not a codependent way, not a toxic way. And I've known some people that get a hold of the message of the gospel, uh, but the way they lead is just, it's destructive. And so I just want to affirm and encourage you and bless you. The best days of this church are still in front of you. And, and, and we know when you pioneer something, when you plant something, when you pastor something, that's not like an evangelist coming in, giving, giving you guys the best two, three, five messages that he has, and then leaving. Pastors share your life, the triumphs, the tragedies, walking with you through the ups and downs, ongoing discipleship, ongoing leadership development, rejoicing at you when the miracle manifests and crying with you when, when, when it didn't. You know. And so I just want to encourage you. I know you do. Because this is a, you can feel the health here, all right? And you don't feel that everywhere. But I want to encourage you to just cover your pastors in prayer, right? Right? We're not, and I'm not giving you a, a do more message here, okay? That's not what I'm saying. We know that praying and works, that doesn't make us any more righteous. We're not trying to move God. But I know that the Apostle Paul got in spots when he was saying, listen, I'm hoping that you're praying for me. Right, if you read his letters, Peter got delivered because the church was praying for him at certain times when maybe he was struggling with something. So I want to encourage you to pray for your pastors, for your leadership. Pray for the families here. You can do that in a systematic way every week, or just inspirational as the Holy Spirit brings it, uh, brings people up to your heart. You speaking the blessings of God, the life of God over them, the life of God over this ministry and this church. Because I believe you're, you're going to experience days of multiplication, days of heaven on earth, days where the grace and the peace of God accelerate where you step into things faster than you have over the last 10 years. And, and it's going to be a family thing. It's going to be a healthy thing. It's not a pumped up artificial thing. It's authentic. It's real. And lives not, not only going to be changed, uh, but many, many more lives are going to be transformed because you got the goods here. You got the goods here. So pray. Here's another thing you can do every single week. And if you just do this, do these simple things, man, it just begins, you experience increase. Pray. Show up when, when you have gatherings like you're doing right now. The, the ministry of the word, just sitting up underneath the gospel, brings so much to you. You know, that's that's counseling right there. That's marital help. That's substance abuse uh, abuse help. That's healing. That's all of these different things that you get just from hearing the message. How many know that? 
right? Uh, and mixing faith with it, you know? Uh, who is the arm of the Lord revealed to? Those that believe the report of God, those that mix faith with what they hear, right? And all that unbelief and stuff begins to be washed away as God pours into your heart. So pray, attend, participate, serve. You'll never be connected unless you find that place here in the body where you're really serving and you're giving what God's put inside of you. Here's another big deal. Support the ministry and the church financially. You know, we, we do uh, local church stuff. We Man, we believe God loves Georgia. How about you? Right? So as much as we have a global vision and the Great Commission is not the great suggestion, it really is the Great Commission that we are partnering with Jesus and reaching nations. And and it's not just this static thing. It's this dynamic, fluid thing. Because if we reach the nations today, the next generation still has to reach their generation and their world because every day the world today is not the same as it was yesterday and the world tomorrow is not going to be the same as it is today. So we have to seize our opportunities. But I will I, I know this practically and spiritually. Listen, a partially funded mission, a partially funded church can only partially accomplish its vision. And we don't want to live by price. We want to live by faith. We want to live by vision. We don't want to just pay bills. We want to live and fulfill what God's put in our hearts to fulfill, right? And that takes partnership. And listen, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your pastors have helped us over the years. It was weird. We didn't set this up. I got uh, set this up this way. I got back from Indonesia in January and February. We were there on a short-term trip, and I had it in my heart to reconnect with your pastor. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, wanting to just come preach or teach. I wanted to connect. And and what was weird is that on my Facebook, this, this when we woke up yesterday morning, it flashed up exactly eight years to the weekend. He came to my hometown eight years ago, and there's just been something brewing that we want to pray into and see how we can synergize together and work together. So uh, give, participate, and I know you do. You're taught well. This is a healthy place, Um, but how many know it takes money to reach people? right? It's not just prayer. It's also, you got to, you got to have the support. And I want to encourage you to do that. And last thing, everything, things you could do every single week, just invite other people to come with you, right? These little practical steps that if you begin to do these five things every single week, you'll see even more growth and more people coming because I won't, man, there's, there's, there's not a lot of churches like this. There's not a lot. And, and again, the days ahead of you are so bright, and we just were thankful to, to share and be part. When I mentioned seizing opportunities, and if you got your Bibles, I don't know if you or your phone, whatever, you can pull up a, a verse probably most of you have memorized. It's Romans chapter 1. Um, I told your pastor that I was going to go really in-depth in reverse tithing today in the end times and 66 steps to deliverance. So we may not, we didn't have time in the first service. We had to just shotgun it, right? But we'll try to dig deep into it. No, we're not. We're going to share good news, right? We're in a church that believes the good news, right? God's good. God's not mad. God loves us. God's already dealt with sin and the curse and the cross work, the resurrection, the ascension, the finished work of Jesus, right? And so we're excited because a lot of the churches we go into, we're having to introduce these things. So we'll just kind of trust the Holy Spirit. And man, that worship was good, guys. That worship, that was, uh, if you weren't experiencing the presence of God then, um, it was easy to. I mean, uh, it was just easy. Uh, it's in your heart. And, you know, you don't need seven steps to the presence of God. You just need one. You have been in Christed. You are in. You are in, right? You're not just with. You are in, right? You are in a God-soaked universe in you, with you and Jesus, right? It's like Coke bottle being thrown out in the ocean. You know, God's in you and you're in him and you, you, you can't escape him, right? But we want to experience him personally and practically. And, uh, you know, your your pastor shared that we do we we planted a church in Vidalia, Georgia, home of the sweet onions. So if Vidalia crew is watching, hey guys, 
Um, but we also have a missional heart. You know, 16 years ago, I went on a, uh, we helped a new church plan in South Korea. Uh, it was the first time I'd done any traveling, and we spent a summer there helping a new church. Fell in love with Asia. Still had a heart for back home, so we wanted the local roots, but we also wanted to keep stretching ourselves and expanding to try to, you know, reach reach the nations. And from South Korea, we started going into Thailand and Cambodia and Singapore. And then we landed into Indonesia, which is the world's largest island country, right? Over 17,000 islands. So it's it's massive, right? And uh, another thing about Indonesia, and I saw some of our Indonesian pastors liking your, your live stream posts. So if, if the pastors from Indonesia are watching me right now, it's nighttime there. Uh, Salamat pagi is good morning here. Uh, I forget what nighttime is, but Puji Tuhan, praise God, right? There we go. That's Puji Tuhan. So if you didn't learn anything else, you know how to say praise God in Bahasa Indonesian. Puji Tuhan, all right? Um, that was worth your money coming right there, okay? But once we got into Indonesia, it's the largest Muslim nation in the world. And as much as we want to reach Georgia with the gospel, and you guys take t- care of North Georgia, we're, we're going to do our part in South Georgia. Uh, we also were like, man, if we're going to go fishing, let's go fishing in a place with hundreds of millions of people that have never heard the gospel before. Now imagine this. I know it's difficult, but think about how important your relationship with God is, how valuable the gospel truth is to you, how valuable life is knowing that you have hope not only for this age but the age to come, your connection with God, your union, the communion you share with the Holy Spirit, the truth about the finished work. Think about all of these things, how significant they are. And then with one Thanos snap, think about all of that leaving, all of that being gone, and you trying to survive and exist in a world where you don't know Jesus, you don't have the truth of Scripture, right? You don't know about this love of God, and you're trying to figure life out here and also is there something coming after death and these problems and and all of these things and there are literally hundreds of millions of people in Indonesia that have never heard the gospel before and so what we're doing is uh, and and many of you uh, have helped us Clint Forward Church you have fruit in in Indonesia right uh, the largest Muslim country in the world and so we've been really pioneering some things there working with leaders uh, some amazing amazing leaders and pastors there we bring them together we do pastors conferences where we feed them uh, we get them together we give some of Dr. Jim's books to him translated. We've got Impact Bible School courses being translated right now with Operation One Billion with some of you know Jim Richards and just training. We need some more streamlined stuff. That's one of the things that we're talking to a pastor about is how we can even help get some streamlined courses there that can help these leaders. We do everything from churches. Entire networks of churches have opened up. People that have really embraced the gospel. Again, you guys are established in this, but you can imagine uh, introducing some of these things in other countries countries, and then it just lighting them up, uh, just setting them free. Um, it's just amazing. So we go to, we do leadership stuff. We do some, uh, help some church planners there. We're planning Bible schools there. We go into the, the largest nightclub on the island of Bali has invited us in. We're at over a thousand nightclub workers there. I thought it was 200, but it's actually over a thousand. Uh, you know, human trafficking's a big deal there. We're actually able to go in on a Sunday when the drunks are out and they're getting ready to, you know, uh, start the evening stuff again. We get to share the gospel with their their workers, with people that come. Uh, We prayed for for girls that, you know, the fake eyelashes, and they come up in the nightclub there and just experiencing the love of God and crying and the eyelashes coming off and, you know, all that beautiful, the beautiful stuff that happens when Jesus meets people where they are right? When you go, you don't just expect them to come, but you go to them. And we can do everything. We do everything from the the meetings where people are like, oh man, that's powerful miracles. But we also sit on the street with kids that are street kids and just color with them and take them to get ice cream. 
the real stuff too, right? Going to the trash dumps where the, the smell is, is so is so fierce that it literally burns your nose, but you go and we carry rice and we carry noodles and we just say, God loves you, you know, and sharing the love of Jesus with them. So pray, believe with us. We want to steward the opportunities that God has given us, not just locally, but globally. Um, I shared this in the first session. You know, when Marco Polo was talking to uh, inspiremissions.com, yeah, it's not so impressive, but the basics are there, okay? Um, so when Marco Polo was was talking with uh, Kublai Khan, Genghis Khan's grandson, Genghis, uh, Kublai Khan asked Marco Polo, say, please tell the Pope to send 100, I think it was 100, 100 priests and teachers to come to Mongolia, which at that time included all of China and I believe Korea. Some of you history buffs can, can fact check me on that, all right? Uh, we don't want to be sharing fake news, right? And uh, we, we're sharing the real deal, okay, the life-transforming news, okay? But uh, he asked Marco Polo, go back and tell the Pope, I want 100 priests and teachers skilled in the gospel, and I will be baptized, I will become a Christian if they're convincing, they can teach all of my house, all the royal family, all of my empire, I'm going to open up to them if the Pope will just send 100. So Marco Polo went back, he told the Pope, the Pope was like, that's a good idea, but there was no sense of urgency, there was no action. Finally, I think years later, they sent four priests, half of them died, I believe it was four, half of them died, the other two turned back, never answering the request of Kublai Khan, and you talk about a missed opportunity. How when we don't recognize the opportunities in our generation, in our time, how it ripples through not just our lives, but into our kids, into our grandkids, into the future, into generations to come. Think about at that time if China now, Mongolia, Korea, all of that section now affected billions of people. If they would have been able to embrace the gospel, they would have sent them in, trained them, discipled them. I mean, this whole large empire, think about a different world today. Just by recognizing and stepping into the God-opened doors, we're not trying to hype anything up. We're not trying to force anything open. But when God opens the doors, we have to step through it. And so we want to steward the opportunities that we have and, uh, man, just do a good job, right? So, amen? Yeah. Uh, all right. So Romans chapter 1, verse 16, we're going to get into something real quick, and we'll see how, uh, how it goes. We get to preach two hours, right? Yeah, the 66 steps of deliverance will take a little bit, all right? So, yeah. How I many you know you don't need 66 steps of deliverance? How many know you don't need somebody saying he's got a new anointing from heaven coming and greasing up your head and laying hands on you? How many know that through what Jesus did, you have the goods? You are complete in Christ, and if anybody makes you feel like you need to do something else to get what he already got you, that's not the gospel. And I know you know this, but I want to just echo and affirm and re reinforce and maybe say some of the stuff that your pastor says just in a little bit different way. I really like that you can put that up there and I can just read it because I can, I can like, that's good. That's good stuff. I don't have that at home right now, okay? Yeah, that's good. All right, so Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God that brings salvation to every person that believes. You're like, yes, amen, we know that, right? How many are you thankful that the gospel brings something to us? It brings something to us. How many also know that that believing is important? I know what's being taught out there that it's not necessary, but what Jesus did doesn't benefit us any, any bit whatsoever personally until we open up our heart and choose to trust God and choose to believe what he's done. 
And the Holy Spirit is so faithful, he's never missed it, he's always done it, that when we believe the Holy Spirit activates, manifests, and we receive a a creative miracle, we become the new creation, us in Jesus, right? We are born from above. We are now in a God-soaked, God-drenched world. In fact, Paul, the apostle, uh, he said, we are the offspring of God. We are the offspring of the Almighty in Acts. That word, if you look up offspring, is where we get our word genes or genetics from. Literally, in our spirit, we have the genes and the genetics of God. Come on now, right? A bird is going to be bird-like. A fish is going to be fish-like in that world, in that ocean, whatever. We, sons and daughters of God, God-like. We are the offspring of God, right? The goal of the gospel was never just to get us out of the pig pen. The goal of the gospel was to bring us back into Father's house, back into reconciliation, back not just delivered from something and out of something, but into our inheritance, into the relationship with Dad, into partnership, right? It's not just where our sins are forgiven. That's awesome. We're going to heaven. We're punching our clock. Salvation is so much more than a trip one day to another realm or another place, right? And it's a tragedy that many people, and I'm not knocking altar calls that do this, okay, but it's a tragedy that in the church, salvation has become, say a prayer, go to heaven. Say a prayer, go to heaven. Say a prayer, go to heaven. Well, thank God for heaven. Thank God for eternal security. But, you know, there's a whole lot right now that we need to be about, right? Uh, In fact, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, if you ever read it in the Wycliffe translation, um, anybody ever read the Wycliffe translation? In this verse, Wycliffe, John Wycliffe in the, uh, what was it, 1300s, something like that, gave us the first translation of the New Testament uh, in English. And you talk about suffering and persecution, this guy went through some things. Uh, how many know that if you want to start a mob or a riot in Georgia, tell the church and tell people God is not the source of their suffering? If you want to get the mob moving in Georgia, tell them God did not give them cancer. God did not take their babies. God doesn't need roses in heaven from taking babies' lives. If, if God wants roses, he just, he just makes them, right? God is not the source of our suffering, right? And when you read the New Testament, and I know you know this, I'm just echoing it, think about the context of when these letters were written. If you were a missionary that's going to a hostile area, right, where there is severe and intense persecution, think about this. In this time when Paul was writing these letters, when the early church, uh, when when the gospels were were being pinned down, uh, when these epistles were being put to paper, I mean, Rome thought entertainment was, let's get everybody in a stadium, let's get everybody in an arena by the the thousands and let's watch Christians be mauled by lions, right? So if you're going into a culture or climate like that, there's going to be some severe persecution. And even in that, there's supernatural protection. I mean, over and over and over again, you see the promises of God as our keeper being lived out by the apostles. Even though uh, Paul, we talked about this last night, Paul was kind of getting to the place where he wanted to go on. Three different times, the Holy Spirit warned him not to go to Jerusalem when he did. Even in that, I mean, he still finished strong, and we're not taking anything away from that, but even in when Paul was in prison, three different times the Holy Spirit said, don't go right now, and if you go, imprisonment awaits you, right? How many know we've got this this living person on the inside of us that's going to lead us and guide us? How many know we have a good shepherd that's leading us to still and restful waters? How many know we've got a good shepherd that takes care of us? 
right? And we don't need to be afraid of anything, Jesus said, because it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We've been given the entire estate, right? It's not just forgiven. It's not just debts paid. It's now you've been brought into something, and the Holy Spirit, for you to experience it and enjoy it and live it as a practical, present reality and experience, it takes the Holy Spirit opening up your eyes, the eyes of your heart, by you choosing to cooperate and collaborate with Him, where He begins to illuminate your inheritance and manifest it. There is no illumination and manifestation without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he lives in you. Clint's a great teacher, pastor. I believe one of the best in the world that you get. But the Holy Spirit's better than him. The Holy Spirit's better than me. The Holy Spirit's better than Dr. Jim Richards or Andrew Walmack or whoever you're listening to. And the Holy Spirit goes home with you and he lives in you. And you don't have to be lost. You have a God into truth, into reality. And not just a God into truth, but he's going to be showing you things to come. That's his ministry. You should not, we should not be surprised by things on the horizon. We should say, I've already seen this. You don't have to have all the details, but pay attention. The only times that I've been surprised, and if you'll look back, you can probably say this too. The only times I've been surprised and I'm like, oh man, I didn't see this coming. I was living in a season where I was not living sober and sensitive. And I don't mean, you know, substance abuse. I mean, living sober heart, sober mind, and sensitive to what the Holy Spirit was trying to bring up in my heart every single day. Pay attention, dreams, visions, intuition, impressions, all of these scriptures that he's highlighting at this time. Right now, the Holy Spirit knows where you are. He knows how to get you to the next step. He knows everything about you, how to break it down in a way where you get it. And listen, he is the helper. He is the paraclete, not the parakeet. He's not a bird, right? Holy Spirit's not a bird. He's the third person of the Trinity. Same nature, essence, character with the Father and with the Son. And through the Spirit, the Father and Son make their abode in us and with us, right? But we need to be learning to listen to him and letting him help us. It's really just letting him do what he already wants to do. We don't have to convince him. We don't have to persuade him. He's already convinced. He's already persuaded. And it is his, it is his ministry. He takes it personal to take of all that belongs to Jesus. Jesus said, everything the Father has is mine. And the Holy Spirit, this comforter, this, this, this God, this, this uh, the spirit of truth, he's going to come and he's going to take of everything that's mine and he's going to disclose it, reveal it, illuminate it, activate it, and manifest it in your life if you'll just cooperate with him. He's not the punisher. He's not the destroyer. He's not the critic. He's not the judge. He's not the inflictor. He's, he's, he's the comforter. He's the helper. He's the God that's been called alongside of us. He's everything Jesus was to his disciples and more because he lives in us. Listen, you want to know the mysteries of the universe? The Holy Spirit already knows it. You want to know everything about the kingdom? The Holy Spirit already knows it. You want to know the, the deep things of God? The Holy Spirit already knows it. Everything about how to walk in the miraculous, the promises of God, all the benefits, privileges that you have as sons and daughters of God, the Holy Spirit is packing all of that in you. That's why it's so foolish to think that someone else is claiming they got something new from God. Listen, even when we have new experiences, it's just a discovery of what God's already done. And the Holy Spirit bringing us into what's already been accomplished through what Jesus did for us and who God has been saying for thousands of years, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is my name. If you want to experience me, I'm not changing. I'm the great I am, not the great I was. So I'm just as much a healer today as I was yesterday. I'm just as much as your peace today as I was yesterday. I'm just as much as your victory today as I was yesterday. Our righteousness, our peace, our, our all of these things that we have in God don't fluctuate because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our experience may fluctuate, and that's why we need a helper to help us in these things as we begin to choose the truth, right? Choose to believe the truth. 
So John Wycliffe, he translated this verse instead of the gospel, uh, the, the, the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. In his studies, in his translation, you can go read it when you get home. He translated every time he saw the word salvation, he translated it health. So he said, this is, this is how Wycliffe translated this verse. For I shame not the gospel, for it is the virtue of God that brings health to every person that believes. See, that's not just some kind of mystical, starry-eyed, we're going to float on a cloud one day and maybe experience salvation. It's health in an unhealthy world. What is, what is uncommon? You know, the word holy means uncommon. What's uncommon today? When everybody else is stressed, we're experiencing the rest of God. When everyone else is panicking and in fear, we can experience peace. You know, fear and unbelief, they're a continuum that work together. The more fearful you are, the more unbelieving you're going to be. The more unbelieving you are, the more fearful you're going to be. Fear has no place in our life, and you're really wanting to experience and move forward with God. You have to allow the Lord to cast that fear out through his love, right, through being established in his love. God's word is settled. What God has done is finished, but is it settled in your heart, right? Are you agreeing? Are you creating that symphony? Are you harmonizing with who God says? You know, faith isn't just this little formula of I'm going to pick a promise, I'm just going to believe it, and I'm going to willpower myself into faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, because, you know, uh, who who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And we, we just read that sometimes, and we forget that faith starts with believing that he is exactly the kind of God that he says he is through his redemptive names, through what we see in his word, through what we see through Jesus, his life, death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension, and sitting down at the right hand of Father and Majesty, which, by the way, he carried us with him, and we are where he is. We are there with him. Right? So, the virtue of God, and this is what I want to encourage you, right? The virtue of God bringing health to you. Some statistics say that like 95% of the world is unwell. And we know that you know, um, I think like less than 5% of our, our medical funds in America literally go to prevention. Most of it goes to disease. It's a disease-focused approach, not a health-focused approach, okay? And listen, here's the deal. I believe that Jesus is all-sufficient for today. I believe the gospel is relevant for today. I don't believe we have some little he-man Jesus that we pull out of our pocket and he's this big and he can't do anything about the challenges today in a modern tech world. I believe that it's relevant. I believe that all of our needs have been met. In fact, let me let me say this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God, you guys know the story of the scripture. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus or through Christ Jesus, right? If you look up, you do some word study, it means that God wants to, to so meet our needs in a way that's not just according to our needs. It's in a way that's suitable to his character and nature. Think about that, that God wants to meet our needs in a way that's suitable to his character and nature. I get a picture of a little shot glass that's empty with my need, whatever you know, amount of money I'm needing, whatever physical thing I'm believing God for, whatever promise, and I got this little need, and I'm coming to Niagara Falls where 600,000 gallons per second are just pouring over, and me thinking, man, how am I going to get this thing met? And it's just, just engulfed. It's, it's, it's gone. This is what's, you know, listen, 
we have to allow the Holy Spirit to elevate our experience and expand our thinking and expand our capacity right now. This is this will give you hope and also encourage you and, and uh, maybe challenge you a bit. Right now, we have been experiencing what we could believe for up to this point. Like We have been experiencing personally what we could open us, the law of capacity. It's the law of faith. Jesus didn't walk up to people and give them a miracle and say, according to my predestined plan, be it unto you. He said, according to your faith, right? And over and over again, he would say things like, Peter's sinking a little bit in the water, you know, because he gets his eyes off Jesus and he starts looking at the winds and the waves. And the waves and the and the uh, the waves and the wind weren't any greater when he started sinking. It was just he took his eyes off where his focus needed to be. Right? It was a shift of focus. When you break your focus with him, we are to look our, the gaze of our heart, the author and finisher of our faith. That's who we're looking at, right? Not a formula, not another person, not something over here. We are looking to Jesus. If our eyes are off Jesus, we start to sink. No matter what we're dealing with, fear and unbelief and all that stuff starts creeping up in us, okay? But uh, when, when, we, when we got our eyes on Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate. We begin to experience this, and uh, we begin to live by faith instead of the five senses, all right? Now, let me, let me kind of bring this to you. Uh, we got like, again, I felt like Dr. Strange with like 14 million possibilities and, and like one thing to hit right now. But, but let me just uh, say this. When Zacharias was prophesying in Luke chapter 1, and our, you know, maybe your Bible says that Jesus was going to give knowledge of salvation to his people through the forgiveness of sins, John Wycliffe said that Jesus would come and give the science of health to his people. That through Jesus, he would give us the science for the knowledge of health, right? That there would be full health in his name. When Peter and John get the guy healed in Acts chapter 3, the Bible says perfect soundness. There's perfect health, right? How many know that there's spiritual health in Jesus, there's emotional health in Jesus, there's mental health in Jesus, there's physical health in Jesus. In fact, a physical divine healing is only a temporary fix if you're not living whole. Healing is to bring us into wholeness. It's not an end by itself. How many know that? In fact, the whole fivefold ministry is ministering to help mend and bring wholeness to the body of Christ so that we become a whole body, a healed body that's bringing healing and wholeness to others, right, through Jesus by the power of the Spirit, right, as we collaborate with him, right? Uh, so there is salvation or there is health in no other name but the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It's one of my favorite scriptures. If you need something in your body, uh, this is a verse that I would encourage you to meditate on. Uh, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, lives inside of you, he will quicken, he will bring to life, he will invigorate and rejuvenate your physical mortal body, not your immortal body, your mortal body. When Paul uses this word, it's always talking about your physical body. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body, right? So the Holy Spirit in us, brings about the life of God, right? Brings it, We already know he, we got a new spirit, right? Brand new creation. But we want that life of God on the inside of us erupting, springing up, like Jesus said, like fountains, right? And then like rivers of living water flowing through us. We are to live in a place of overflow, not exhaustion. We are to live in a place of overflow, not exhaustion. My cup runs over. You know, this is something interesting. This is a side note on Psalm 23. I read a, a commentary about sheep. You know, if you got dogs, you can train a dog to sit. You can train a dog to, to, to do all these cool dog tricks. Some of you got dogs are like your babies. They're like your family members. My mom, if she's watching, hi, mom. She lives in Florida. Her dog is like her baby, right? But here's what you can't do. You can't teach a sheep to lay down. You know, when a sheep lays down, when its needs are met. A sheep will enter into rest when it's drunk from some drunk drink. 
I'm getting south, real South Georgia right now, okay? When it has received some good fresh water, when it has feasted on some good grass, when its stomach's, uh, stomach's filled, when its needs are met, and it feels safe in the presence of a good shepherd, that's when the sheep lays down and rest. He brings me to still waters. He causes me to, to rest and to lay down in green uh, pastures of provision. How many know the kingdom's a kingdom of too much? We have to expand because if it's, listen, it's not just about you and your family. It's about reaching the world. And you can't help reach the world if you're struggling to pay your light bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, just being practical, right? Uh, there's no peace in debt. There's no peace in lack. In fact, the Hebrew word, we don't have time to dig into it, but over 500 times in the Old Testament, when God uses the word peace, he uses the word shalom. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It means soundness. It means victory. It means the flourishing and the delight of all good things, not just the absence of war, but the bringing into of the delight of the goodness of God. It means prosperity. You know, the very first miracle Jesus did was not in curing, uh, was not curing an incurable disease. It was not raising the dead. It was not even feeding a bunch of starving people. The very first miracle that Jesus did where the kingdom of God erupted on the scene through the man Jesus, what was it? It was water to wine. Now listen, I know some of you may feel this way, but wine is not a major food group. I know some of you may feel if you, if you didn't have your wine, you would die, but those feelings are not reality, okay? This was not just a need. This was just going to be some social shame on the family. They ran out, but when the presence of the kingdom's manifestor shows up, lack disappears. When the kingdom advances, disease disappears. Disease is dis-ease. It's a disruption of shalom. There is, listen, according to the Bible, the biblical definition, okay, there is no peace without prosperity. And I'm not just talking about tranquility of heart and mind. There is no peace without health. Have you ever tried to be in peace when debt collectors are calling you? No peace there. You ever tried to be in peace when your body was screaming out in pain? And I'm not talking about connecting to Jesus in your heart. I'm talking about the full manifestation of God's completeness and shalom. Pain makes you look at you and not the world around you. It brings the focus all back to you, man, my knee. It could be even a little toothache, and it becomes about instead of loving God and loving it, it's like, man, I am hurting, I'm in pain, and that's how people live every single day. That's why not only does God want you healed and healthy just because he loves you, but you're going to be so much more effective at sharing the gospel and sharing the love of God from a place of wholeness. In fact, single people, if you, we may not have any single people, but if you're trusting God for your spouse, listen, find a place where you understand your completeness in Christ so when you begin to date, you're not dating from loneliness, you're dating from wholeness where you know who you are in Jesus and you have something to give instead of something just to take. Right? Don't date when you're desperate. Don't go grocery shopping when you're starving, right? There are, some, there are some good things on clearance, but sometimes wiser people have already looked over and passed over those meats on the clearance section because they saw something wrong with it. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Some practical free wisdom for you. All right, I think, this is, I think we got to close it today. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Who, who can quote that for me? For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. Guess what word that is? Shalom, thoughts of wellness, thoughts of wholeness. We have the well-being of Jesus. If we're connected and plugged into the true living vine, the health of the vine, the wholeness of the vine, the well-being of the vine, spirit, soul, and body, more than enough, all sufficient for all our needs, our cup can be running over, right? 
I believe it's going to be uncommon. We should have a health that's uncommon. You know, if you look up even the English words, and I know i got to land the plane. I'm terrible about landing the plane eight times, all right? I'd be a terrible pilot, all right? Um, but even in our English language, the words healed, holy, and whole all come from the same root word. Yeah, and so the Hebrew, we're talking about shalom. We're talking about in the New Testament, sozo, saved, healed, delivered, blessed. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about a gospel that brings not just a ticket for eternity, but a gospel that brings health in your life, health in your family, health in your body, that your normal can be what God says is normal in the kingdom of God, not just mirroring what you see in this world. Holy just means uncommon. The rest of God, he, he gives us rest, the unforced rhythms of grace. Life is so much better when you're not trying to do it in your willpower, but you're saying, not I, but Christ. That old me was crucified. I'm, the, I'm not trying to do anything with that guy. The life that I'm now living, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God, and that is rest, and I have a good shepherd. I'm experiencing more and more every healing, every miracle, every blessing, bringing me into the wholeness that I have in Jesus experientially. Right? So, open up your heart to the Holy Spirit. Let him help you. There's a psalm, Psalm 67, verse, I believe it's 22. It says, may your way, or verse 2, may your way be known upon the earth, your saving health for all nations. How many could just experience some saving health? Emotionally, you know, we're all connected. Your emotions affect your body. Your body affects your emotions. Your body affects your relationships. You know, I care about divine healing and health so much because I care about marriages. I care about families. I care about the Great Commission. I care about people becoming effective in their call. And you can't do any of that stuff if you're in a hospital bed hurting and crying out in pain. Israel could worship God in Egypt, but they had a whole lot more freedom when they got in the promised land. You can worship God right where you are and experience peace in your heart, but there's a whole lot more that the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate and bring you into, right? Uh, can, I get, can we guys get the uh, keyboard or somebody just to play real quick, and we're going to let me pray. I just want to pray for you, some music. Anybody that's good, yeah. If you're struggling today, no matter what the need is, how many of you have ever read about Hudson Taylor? He was a famous missionary to China. He said a quote one time that I, uh, stuck with me. Uh, he got low in his funds one day, in the ministry funds. They said, hey, what are we going to do? There's 87 cent or 84 cent in the account. You know, how are we going to make it? And he was just in peace, and he was in rest. And he said, you know what? We have like 87 cent in the bank and all the promises of God. So you may say, you know, I got this pain, I got this diagnosis, I got this thing with my kids, I got this thing with my parents, I'm dealing with loss, I'm dealing with grief, I'm dealing with finances, I'm dealing with business, I'm dealing with purpose, what's our next step, I need wisdom, I need clarity. You got all these things, but you got all the promises of God. You got this little shot glass that I know looks so big right now of need because you feel it. You're walking through the battle of it. You're trying to, you know, not let your heart go to an unbelieving place or fearful place. But you got this little shot glass and all of God, the Niagara Falls, all of his provision, all of his love, all of his goodness. Again, the goal wasn't just to get you out of the pig pen. It was to bring you back home. 
It was to bring you back into a place of right relationship with the Father. It was to bring you in a place of identity of who you are as his child. Healing is the children's bread. Even your healing is connected. Your wholeness is connected to you understanding you are a child of God. And you have privileges and possessions and things that the world does not have because of whose you are. And you've been brought in. You've been in Christed where every privilege, every promise, every benefit is yours. The very standing of Jesus himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name who forgives all my sins, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit and destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies my desires and years with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Don't forget a single benefit. That word forget means don't ignore it. Don't let it wither in your life. You know, just because one part of the Great Commission is uh, the great exchange is true. All of them are true. Jesus became your sin. That's true. Jesus also became your curse. That's true. Jesus also became poor for your sake. Jesus also took your death. Jesus also died your death. Jesus also took all of this stuff. Every part of the great commission is uh, the great exchange is true. Not just one. Forget not a single benefit. There's righteousness. There's peace. There's, there's everything we could need. Everything we could need and desire. Amen. Amen. I want to leave you with the words of Jesus. Ask and receive that your joy may be full. That's a command. You're commanded to ask. You're also commanded to receive so that your joy may be full. How many Amazon Prime users we have? We got a lot. We've all helped make Jeff Bezos a billionaire, right? Like 200 million a day. When you order, how many, you love your Prime. Like you're thankful for Prime. Like two day shipping, that's awesome. And boxes coming in your house every day, right? How confident are you when you go and you pick out whatever you want to on Amazon, you place that order, you get the email notification, you don't even think about it anymore because you know in two days it's showing up. They're that good. How confident are you when you pray to your Father, the direct line to the throne of grace, to obtain mercy, to obtain every bit of help that you need, that when you say that prayer, He's received it, you believe that you've received it, you have it, and you don't even, it's not even a question. It's just like, I know, I know, I know it's mine. I know it's mine. Let's have more confidence in Jesus than Jeff Bezos. Let's have more confidence in the kingdom than Amazon. Is there somebody here you're struggling, maybe doctors diagnosed you with some degenerative thing, something damaged, something that they said can't be repaired or regrown? You know, even naturally, God puts stem cells in your body to regrow, not embryonic stuff, but adults, adult stem cells in your body right now that activated in your bone marrow can repair and can renew. Guess where the Word of God goes? The Word of God is living. The Word of God is active. It's powerful. It's pulsing. It's sharp. It's energizing, and it goes down into your marrow bringing pulsating life, activating power into the cell factory of your body to renew whatever needs to be renewed. God's your word. Your word's medicine. Let it treasure it in your heart. It's medicine to all your flesh. If you've got some degenerative thing, listen, you don't need to be looking for me or anybody else. The spirit of God lives inside of you. And if you get your miracle because someone else prayed for you, awesome. But what's going to mean so much more to you, healing needs, you know, when you get sick, if you get sick, healing in your home is a really big deal. Knowing that Jesus lives with you, knowing that you have a healer in the house, 
with your family, that you can entrust your body, present your body as a living, holy sacrifice. It's a sacred thing to have the Spirit of God reconnecting all your cells to the life of Jesus, all every organ under the influence of the Holy Spirit, this symphony of sound and light and cells, and all of this happening in your body where the Holy Spirit is bringing resurrection power into every bone, every nerve, every cell, every organ, everything that's going on. And if there needs to be any repair, any renewal, anything set right, that the Spirit of God in you can bring that manifestation about. You don't need just somebody pray and pray. Okay, it's great when we when we do that, but the Holy Spirit's better. Every miracle that's ever been manifested, He did it. All of creation, He brought it into manifestation. He is not just the illuminator, He's the manifestor, and He's in you. So, Father, I thank you for this precious church. Man, I thank you for just an eruption of the kingdom perpetually and consistently here like they've never seen before. Lord, I thank you for what you brought them through, where this place, where this church is right now, and for where you're taking them. Lord, if there's somebody here that got pain in their body right now, that you would just help them to see this week that you've already carried that, you've buried it, you've conquered it. They don't have to beat whatever the disease is because you already beat it. You've given us the spoils of war. We just need to receive as a gift your victory of the resurrection, of the ascension, and to sit down with you and rest of where we are and be aware of where we are in heavenly places. Lord, I thank you for if there's been degenerative stuff in spines and bones and cartilage, damage from accidents or trauma in the past, that there is nothing in their bodies that cannot be healed, repaired, and regrown if need be by the Spirit of God. The, the very unlimited God lives on the inside of every believer here. And I just thank you for that life springing up like a fountain and rivers of healing flowing. Those that have been stressed out, just your peace and your rest, they would enter into that by faith. We just thank you for your blessing, your peace in Jesus' name. This young man over here on the third row, I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't know if we talked. Have we talked before? Okay. Uh, just praying for you. I just saw a reignition of purpose in your life that the proverb that uh, hope deferred or disappointed makes the heart sick but the tree of life is fulfillment and that there's going to be so much fulfillment that God's going to light up the question marks that you've had about your future your next steps the path are you married you're not married you believe in for a wife yeah eventually okay well just yeah stay in that place of preparation but I just see that that the Holy Spirit just igniting and lighting the path of the righteous that gets brighter and brighter into the perfect day. And just uh, whatever, you know, whatever you sense God speaking to you about your future, your purpose, your destiny, I just see it becoming so clear to you that you're going to be fully persuaded, fully persuaded of what you need to do, what your hands need to be, you know, set to. And uh, and God just bringing all the resources and the connections and the, the lady at the right time. Amen. Uh, I know about using using your faith to trust God for the lady, and I'm going to tell you, you won't be disappointed if you trust God for your spouse. You will not be disappointed if you trust God for your spouse. Amen. So reignition in purpose and some activation in what's going on in you and what God's leading you into. Thank you, Jesus. It's been a joy to be here. Thank you, Clint. Thank you, Sarah. You guys, again, you have amazing pastors. They're, they're friends. They're family. I looked at him as a big brother. Even we were, we were late today because I was picking his brain on a lot, and I want to keep picking his brain on some things so that we can be effective for the kingdom of God together. Amen. Awesome. Love you guys. Thank you so much.